It's a beautiful day in Los Angeles. Unless you're on the 405, and then there's a, that's a different story, right? <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is KC Diaz, host of the Shot Caller Podcast. Hey, we got a lot of important stuff that we're going to share with you. And I am glad that you are on board with us today. Important stuff. Let's talk about it. But first, I, I wanted to say thank you for, you know, joining us on this podcast. It's an important podcast because we do bring you uh, up-to-date news, stuff that matters in Los Angeles, and not just in Los Angeles, but across the United States, and how it affects the world. Um, but I wanted to say thank you to, there's some uh, uh, several new sponsors of this podcast, and I wanted to say thank you to them um, for their monthly support. And if you want to become a sponsor of this podcast as well, you can do that. It's very easy. You just go to kcds.net. And click on the podcast uh, icon there. And once you do that, there's a support button that you click on. And it gives you three ways of becoming a monthly supporter of this program. Um, another way is if you want, want to uh, donate and sponsor uh, a different way. Well, you could just uh, go on your PayPal or your Venmo and uh, use my email, which is kcds 72 kcds72 at gmail.com, and you can place a donation that way. But I want to say thank you to our new ones, uh, those of you that are um, on board on this program. You're enjoying it, enjoying it, and, well, for some reason, um, it's my voice. Maybe some, some people say it's my voice. I had a guy, a friend of mine, he said, your voice is very beautiful. I said, yeah, if only my face <laughs> but uh, in any case, um, it's an exciting time uh, for us here on the show. And I uh, wanted to share with you our latest review on Amazon. Um, comes from Alfonso R. Canales. He read the Shot Caller book. Um, if you are listening to this podcast, the book is available on every major platform. Barnes & Noble, Amazon, you name it, uh, your local uh, bookstore might carry it. Um, if it doesn't, you can request it. Uh, but here's where Alfonso R. Canales uh, gave us a five-star rating and entitled it, My Grace is Enough for You. And he says this, The fear of man is a snare, a spiritual bondage. Casey inspires me to endure the attacks of mankind for the love of Christ and for salvation of men and women's souls. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, God. Amen. Uh, brother, thank you so much, Alfonso, for the review. Thank you for purchasing the book and uh, for becoming the 407th review uh, on the Shot Caller book. If you haven't bought it yet, uh, haven't purchased it yet, uh, I suggest that you do. It's it's become an amazing tool. It's become um, sort of a, a modern-day track. Uh, some of you know what a track is. Some of you have been around the corner, around the camp for a long time in this, uh, in your spiritual walk, in your faith walk with Christ, and you know exactly what a track is. And basically, it was just a little 
a fold out or a little card or a little booklet that people used to use back in the days to witness to people. And they kind of hand that paper and it had the plan of salvation and or some encouraging words. And, uh, you know, it was it was um, a way of breaking the ice. And so this book uh, that I wrote has become exactly that. And uh, we're just so um, amazed at what God is doing. Um, I, should I read a letter that was sent to us? Maybe on the next episode, I'll, I'll do that. But uh, Alfonso Canales became our 407th review, and we are so, so happy about that. Uh, also, if you are attending a church uh, anywhere in the United States, um, I still have some open slots. If you would want to book me uh, uh, for a speaking engagement, and you want me to have you want you want me to go over there to your church and um, or to your retreat or to your business meeting or whatever it is. Uh, make sure that you fill out the application on the website on kcds.net kcds.net, and there's a form there that you fill out, uh, and it we end up getting it here, um, and then we arrange uh, with our staff to uh, book me to go to your event. And it doesn't matter where your church is at. Um, you know, we work out the details with your team. So if you have a church that wants to do that, um, by all means, go on kcds.net and fill out the form. Um, talk to your pastors. Talk to your, you know, maybe you own a business. The other the other thing, too, is if you um, want to advertise on this podcast, um, that's another way of sponsoring. You know, you could give me whatever it is, a donation, Give the show whatever donation that you want, and um, you could give me a script that you want me to read, and I will go ahead and do that. And um, you know, and I'll mention it several times, um, uh, and uh, give you some, uh, you know, some uh, airtime here. But thank you so much for joining me. There's so much uh, on the line here. Um, some disturbing news uh, out of Los Angeles. One of them has to do with our friend uh, Gascon, uh, the DA for Los Angeles. Um, he's at it again with some pretty, pretty bad moves. And uh, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna play a clip from both the local news on him and his new power move that he's about to do and planning to do, and then also. Um, I'm going to compare that to something that I think you're going to kind of scratch your head and going, how come they get it and this guy doesn't? But I want I want to play this this clip for you. Uh, Gascon planning to dissolve or to severely downsize L.A. County D.A. hardcore gang unit. So he plans to dismantle or severely downsize L.A. County DA's hardcore gang unit. What does that mean for Los Angeles? Well, um, we are at an all-time high in robberies, homicides, high-speed chases are every day all over the city. I mean, every day all over the city. I was just having a conversation with an LAPD detective here at my studio. He came over here and... Uh, uh, we were talking, and 
one of the things that he said was, you know, Casey, you don't even know, man. Uh, uh, you know, the news only allows you to see what they want you to see. He says, but we are getting high-speed chases like we've never gotten them before. It's one after the other after the other. And there's so many that it's, you know, they have a a menu to choose which one they're going to show that night. And sometimes they don't because there's just so many. Uh, but he says, but it's out of control out there in the streets. And our hands are tied. And that that's pretty uh, brutal. Uh, coming from someone that has been in law enforcement for a long time, this guy's experienced. He's, you know, served his community through law enforcement. And uh, for him to to see uh, the the drop um, in moral ethics or just ethics, right, as a community, as a city, to see crime rise to an all time high. And he's been in in uh, in this department for over twenty years, uh, I think almost uh, three decades actually. Um, it, it, it's just uh, something that we got to pay attention to. But let me play the clip for you, and you could see for yourself, and you know, let me know what you think. The hardcore gang unit will be dissolved my understanding is that there's going to be a dissolution of the unit either april 1st or april 2nd on the condition of anonymity two la county deputy da's in the hardcore gang unit confirmed to fox 11 what multiple sources are telling us that da george gascone is planning to disband or downsize the unit in a major way los angeles is considered the birthplace of gangs in some ways i think what angelinos don't understand because we're not you don't always hear about gang crimes is that three out of four murders in Los Angeles are gang-related. The prosecutors say they feel they've already been hamstrung by Gascon's decision to ban them from using gang and gun enhancements, and they feel disbanding the unit will be a disaster waiting to happen, given the violent crime surge L.A. is currently experiencing. We can already hear it in jail calls and in interviews and the officers on the streets telling us that the gang members are laughing at them. I mean, it's, it's undermined the credibility of law enforcement in its entirety. But to not have a dedicated unit to protect the citizens of Los Angeles from these murders and from these absolutely horrific crimes, it, it shocked me. I actually thought it was a joke until I realized, wow, they're really going to do it. But Achille, a local Black Lives Matter activist, told me Gascon is just listening to his community. He is simply doing what the people have been asking for. Now, let me stop that right now. Uh, this guy right here, uh, this representative of uh, the BLM movement, um, he just stated that Gascon is only doing what Angelinos have been asking for. I don't think any Angelino is asking to get robbed in daylight. I don't think any Angelino, working class Angelino, is asking to get Raped, I don't think any Angelino is asking to be murdered. I don't think any Angelino is asking to be kidnapped. I don't think anybody in Los Angeles or anywhere else in the world is asking to become a victim of crime. This dude right here has <laughs> no clue. He has no clue. And for his age, and you know, if you research this dude, He's an older dude. 
And, you know, the, the Bible says that, you know, uh, 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 the white hairs on a man, uh, you know, it, it talks about, it, it makes a connection with wisdom. Um, that's if they're born again. That's if they're in Christ. That has nothing to do with you just having gray hair, and that automatically means that you're wise. Because this dude is full of gray hairs and is about the dumbest comment I have ever heard. I mean, just ridiculous. Let, let me go ahead and continue to play this. Why he was elected. We have called for the disbandment of, of that unit uh, because we saw how it uh, was abusive, how it was used uh, to criminalize a people and neighborhoods, and we saw that it was ineffective. Now he's simply saying, let's just swing it back to where it should be. But the prosecutors in the hardcore gang unit tell me dissolving it would only hurt marginalized communities the most. Well, the misnomer with my cases, because I do all gang violence cases, gang murders particularly, is that all of my victims are rival gang members. And that's not true. They miss their targets and they get their enemies wrong. And they target people solely because of the way they look, whether that's a Hispanic male with a shaved head or a black male standing on the corner at the wrong place at the wrong time. So here's the deal. Earlier this afternoon, I reached out to George Gascon's office to ask about this, ask about what these sources are telling me. A special advisor to George Gascon told me in a phone call that they are always having active discussions about staffing decisions, but he didn't confirm nor deny that George Gascon is planning to disband or downsize this unit. Uh, he told me he was going to look into it for me, get back to me. That was many, many hours ago, and I've not yet heard back. We're live in Don't hold your breath. <laughs> um... The, the fact, the very fact that these DAs have to uh, give these interviews and they have to use technology to, you know, uh, give them, uh, alter their voice because, well, if they speak out loud with their own voice and they're recognized, they get a backlash from this DA Gascon. So... It's unbelievable the the amount of. I mean, I'm I'm like speechless right now. The 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 amount of disregard to civilization, to community, the disregard for life. This DA, this 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 one DA that that's uh, talking here, and his voice is you know muffled for his protection. He just told us in this clip that three out of four of uh, three out of four murders are gang related. Three out of four. That's 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 alarming, and I don't know how else to put it, but that's alarming. That was my golden retriever. Tucker, but that's alarming, and and to um to 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 dismantle a unit that specializes in you know the gang unit in gang in in, in the infrastructure of gangs and uh, the development of gangs, the gang culture, um, how gangs work, gang intelligence. And you're going to dismantle that when that's the number one problem that you're having here in Los Angeles. It absolutely makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. 
But this is going to happen on April 2nd, according to these uh, DAs that are speaking out. Unfortunately, their voices are muffled for their own protection. And these are DAs, by the way. Um, it, it, it's, it's something else, man. It is something else. So what do you do as a community um, when when even the DA, you know, there, there's a guy that 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 just got arrested uh, for killing uh, his cousin and then a police officer and and gunning, uh, shooting another police officer. I mean, the, the, he's got arrested for three murders and multiple amounts of uh, attempted murders. And. His office, Gascon's office, uh, on orders of Gascon, um, is dropping the death penalty uh, for the for his case. So let me get this straight. He killed his cousin, killed a police officer, killed another person, uh, attempted to, to kill other law enforcement uh, that were uh, trying to apprehend him, and the death penalty is off the off the table. Um. How how does that work? I mean, you you are what what Gascon is doing is further victimizing these families. You see, because violent crime or crime period, but I, I'll speak on the violent crime directly. It has a ripple effect. It's not just one victim. It's not just you know if you rob somebody on the street. It's not just that one victim. If you kill somebody on the street, it's not just that one victim. It has a ripple effect. You're causing fear to that community. You're, in essence, a street terrorist. And you're causing for taxpayers to house you for the length of your sentence. It's this, 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 and that. And obviously there's, you know, the family uh, the trauma that is left behind from violent crime. Because when you rob somebody, when you stick a gun or knife in somebody's face and demand their property, that person's going to be a wreck, possibly, possibly for the rest of their life. Their trust is going to be, um, you know, uh, their trust is going to be something that, that's going to be lost. Their trust is going to be something that it's going to be very hard to gain back because you 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 put a gun or a knife at somebody's face or throat or stomach wherever it is and somehow their 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 thoughts this gascon guy his thought is, you know, well, we shouldn't punish criminals. Uh, there's still room for rehabilitation. Listen, I'm, I'm all for second chances. You know that. I'm, I'm a recipient of that. But when somebody breaks the law, prison should be partly punishment. You don't reward criminals. You don't reward someone that kill somebody that 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 that's out there causing fear and havoc on their communities you don't reward that there there should be a phase of yeah 
And I agree that there's a lot of, um, you know, work to be done as far as prison reform and all that. But partly, part of that sentence is punishment or should be. So taking away, you know, like the special circumstances and 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 taking the, the death penalty off of the table on some very vicious outright assaults and crimes, you're spitting at the at, at the faces of the family of these victims. And I don't think that that's justice. I don't think that's right. I think that's wrong. I think that's immoral. I think that we've lost our mind when we allow these things to just, you know, take place like that. I have another clip from you. And this is the clip that I wanted to share with you that I think it's going to leave you scratching your head because, um, well, this is a place that you're very familiar with. This is a place that had the most murders in the world. It was the murder capital of the world. Uh, this is the place that birthed, uh, well, it didn't birth MS-13, MS-13 was birthed here in Los Angeles, but it, it was a major Salvadorian gang. It still is. But something was done, and something was done right. And I want you to hear the president of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, sit down on an interview with Tucker Carlson. It's very interesting of how he views uh, crime and how he views society as a whole. And you know what he has to what he has to say about um, what he has to say about uh, uh, crime. Period. Um, so let's go to that. We just finished up a long and legitimately interesting conversation with the president of El Salvador, Naiv Bukele. We talked to him about the immigration crisis from his perspective, which of course is different from our perspective, but the surprise was his perspective isn't that different. As he pointed out again and again in our conversation, the mass movement of poor, desperate people north in search of a better life isn't good for anyone. It hurts all countries involved, including his. Watch this. Mr. President, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tucker, for inviting me. So there are an estimated 2 million Salvadorans living in the United States. Maybe a little more. Maybe more, and more coming now. Yeah. Why do you think so many people have moved from this country to the U.S.? Well, it's obvious. I mean, our country has failed to provide two basic things, which are the two main drivers of immigration, which is the lack of economic opportunity and the lack of security. If I mean, most people won't like, won't, doesn't want to leave their country. Right. They, they like their culture, they like their food, they like their weather. I mean, it's, it's their country. They have their family members here, their friends. They leave their, most people leave their country because of two main reasons. And those are the two main reasons. And if you add up the civil war we had in the 80s, well, that was the main driver at the, at the beginning. And then you have people, you know, that have cousins over there. And then the cousins say, oh, come here and you will right. find a job here. And there's relative security based on what you have over there and what you have here. And so those are the main drivers of immigration. Our country has failed to provide security and economic opportunity so people leave. So people leave. 
So, but if the richest country in the world says, if you cross over the border, we will give you free health care, free education, all these benefits, I mean, that's, that, that's a draw, isn't it? Of course, it's an incentive. I mean, it's, it's, everything, is, and everything in life is pros and cons, right? Yes. So you have for immigration, you have a con that probably you don't know the language or you have to, the, the journey is a difficult one. You may die in the journey. But if in the end you will receive a lot of things, of course, it's a, it's a, the, the pros go up and the cons go down. So it depends. It's an incentive game here. And uh, if, for example, if here in El Salvador we have better jobs and better security, it's less, it's less of an incentive. And you can see it in the numbers. We, we haven't changed the country 180 degrees in two years. In one, in one year and nine months, we have been in government, of course. But if you see the numbers two years ago, you see the numbers now, immigration from El Salvador has gone has gone down. Yes. And it's a couple of reasons. But one of the reasons is that we have improved security by 75%. I mean, we, the homicide rate has go down by 75%, and the violent crimes have, have go down by 75%. And economic opportunities are a little better than what they were before, two, two years ago. And there's a, more, there's a little more hope here that the future is going to be better. So that lowers the numbers. That why you, that's why you have caravans of 10,000 people going out of Honduras, and you have any caravans going out from El Salvador. But two years ago, El Salvador was bigger than Honduras in immigration. So you have, you have incentives and drivers here, like, like I told you before, economic opportunities and security, and you have incentives over there. Well, wow. It, it, that is a breath of fresh air, this new Salvadoran president um i i got my hat's off to him because uh, as you just heard violent crime has decreased 75 percent so el salvador just two years ago just two years i remember being on laura ingram uh and talking about this very thing um and this guy got it this new president of el salvador got it and now he's, you know, he, he, he stepped into office a year and nine months ago. And the, one of the first things that he uh, went and spearheaded was, let's be tough on crime. And let's nab every gang member. Let's, let's, let's mess up the whole program with everybody that's crooked down here, well, all the dirty politics. And uh, all the dirty uh, anybody that's been bought by by um, by gangs over there, let's dismantle that, and let's put them behind bars. Let's reconstruct prisons here. Let's be tough on crime. And so now crime has decreased seventy five percent. And the guy is working with you know with the economy of El Salvador, and now El Salvador is having a boom in you know <laughs> in jobs in business. The tourism has risen a whole lot. You could YouTube, you know, uh, visit El Salvador or El Salvador 2020, El Salvador 2021, and you're going to see people from all over the world all of a sudden start to come to El Salvador, the smallest Central American country there, and start to visit and start to spend money, and, 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 and they're loving it. Some are actually staying there permanently. Why? Because those two things are in place, the economy and security of its border, of its citizens, and if it's businesses, of its schools, 
and they're seeing a healthy structure starting to take place. And as you heard here, the last, you know, there's there's a big problem at the border right now with thousands, and I mean thousands, and President Bukele just said this, you know, there was 10,000 people. The first caravan uh, just recently from Honduras was 10,000 people from Honduras fleeing their country. And hardly any. He said no, uh, uh, no one, uh, El Salvador didn't have a caravan. El Salvador didn't have a designated Salvadoran caravan coming to the United States. I'm sure that there was sprinkles of here and there, but because El Salvador is starting to look and 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 live the pattern the pattern of you know a civilized um, country, and and they're and they're looking at the uh, at at they're looking at the at the playbook of America and how prosper it, uh, prosperous it is, and they're mimicking it. Well, at least while Trump was in in office, uh, now we we we're uh, don't let me go that route. But do you see what's happening? And he's spot on with that. If a country has resources, their economy is great, and security is in place, the people don't want to go anywhere. Why leave your country when you can live? you know, and, and be successful in your own country. The problem is that a lot of these countries down south, there's a lot of corruption, there's a lot of crime, there's a lot of, you know, and so, yeah, they're fleeing. They're, they're running to America because their own governments, their presidents are crooked, bunch of con men. So, of course, they're going to come over here. Of course, they're going to run away from that. So, I, my hat's off to, to this new... Um, Salvadoran President Nayib Bukele, and uh, it, it's awesome to see. Uh, and look at the the stark difference. In one hand, you have uh, an American DA by the name of George Gascon, and he says, "Let's be soft on crime." And we're experiencing here in Los Angeles itself crime starting to rise at an all time uncontrollable high. And in that interview, that uh, the first clip that I showed you, or that uh, I played for you, rather, uh, one of those DAs said, you know, the field officers, the ones that are on the beat, the ones that are, uh, you know, in units out there in these ghettos, in, in these dangerous parts of Los Angeles, in gang-infested areas, and in, in um, drug-infested communities, these gang members are, are, are laughing at the police officers because... Well, their hands are tied because of Gascon. It's a terrible thing. So you can't be, there's no way that you can be soft on crime and think that by being soft on crime, crime, like criminals are going to go, well, you know what? They're being soft on crime. Let's, uh, let's, let's settle down, guys. You know, let's, let's, uh, let's cool it for a minute. Let's work with, with uh, law enforcement. Let's, 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 let's behave. I've never heard a criminal say that. I've never heard. Of, I've never heard a criminal say, "Let's let's obey the law, let's play by the rules." Never. So, it's an utter disgrace that this DA 
um, is further victimizing victims uh, by doing these outrageous calls um, and demands. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody has to wait 90 days until they start to uh, recall this guy. You got to wait 90 days. That's, you know, they have a period of 90 days. You can't recall anybody that's been elected until after 90 days uh, as far as the city. So um, we're counting the days, and I'm hoping that someone uh, or a structure of people come together as Angelinos and get this guy unseated the quicker the better Uh, because it's not going to help the community here in Los Angeles. It's going to bring... Um, a lot of problems, a lot of deaths, unnecessary deaths. And if you are ever soft on crime, <laughs> it does not work. It does not work. I'm going to leave you with those with those two issues at hand. Please pray about, you know, um, man, pray about Los Angeles. Pray about the things that are going on. It, it, it's, it's just very disheartening. If you focus on all that stuff, it could be very disheartening to see, you know, uh, your city just fall to pieces to the ground. I'm so glad that you joined me today on this episode. Again, um, if you would like to support this podcast, uh, very easy. There's one way, and one way is by going to the website, kcds.net, and uh, clicking on the podcast uh, icon there. It'll take you to the support button. Click on the support button. And it'll give you three ways to support this podcast on a monthly basis. You can do that. And the other way is you can easily go to your PayPal or your Venmo uh, app and um, donate uh, by using my email, which is kcds72 at gmail.com. That's kcds72 at gmail.com. And you can give whatever you want to give. You know, we receive all of it with gladness, whether it's $5, $3, whatever it is, whatever God puts in your heart. We uh, absolutely um, will receive it and use it wisely here and uh, steward it correctly uh, to continue to do these these um, these episodes uh, for you and keep you informed. And, well, you can enjoy the ride, uh, you know, to work or from work or wherever you're going. But thank you so much for joining me again. If you want to um, uh, have uh, me over at your church, talk to your pastor, talk to your boss, maybe you are the boss and you want a, uh, or maybe you are the pastor and you want to invite me over to speak at your church. Uh, Very easy. Go back to the website as well. uh, KCDS.net. Fill out the form. uh, Email it to us and our team here will handle the details and logistics. (laughs) What happened there? (laughs) And the logistics to uh, make that happen and do the travel arrangements and all that. So all that good stuff. So, um, Thank you so much. Uh, again, if if you've read the book, The Shot Collar, my book, um, and you haven't put, posted a uh, review on Amazon, please do that. We love those reviews. We're going to read them online. We're going to read them uh, on this podcast and um, and give you a little shout out. Uh, but thank you so much uh, for your time. I hope that you get to work safe or to home safe, wherever you're going. And remember, as I always leave you, on this podcast. You know what I'm about to say. Because I say it every time. It's nothing new. 
put Jesus first. That's it. Put Jesus first. Love you guys.